Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Welcome to the first ever episode of the 42 cast. I don't know why you're here, but I'm certainly glad to have you. Right off the bat, you're probably wondering a couple of things. First, who am I? And second, what is the 42 cast? As for who I am, my name is Nathan. I will be the host. I'm an electrical engineer by trade. I have uh, a family, a wife, and two kids. I've been into geeky things my whole life, first with Star Trek and then Star Wars and Doctor Who, and then later in life on to things like Stargate and anime. And then I moved on into writing reviews, first on my own blog and then uh, for the Earth Station One network. Uh, and then I uh, was involved in podcasting and uh, decided at one point uh, that instead of being behind the scenes doing the editing, that I'd like to do a show. And so that's where the 42 cast comes in. And the reason it's called the 42 cast is because it is uh, a reference to uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Uh, in that, uh, aliens create a supercomputer, and they ask it what is the ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything. And its answer is 42. And so uh, the 42 cast, uh, I'm saying, is the ultimate answer to fandom geekiness and everything. It'll be a podcast on a rotating series of topics uh, from week to week. Talk about just about anything and everything. Usually lighthearted stuff and entertainment, but uh, every once in a while we might get a little bit serious. There won't be a set cast. Uh, instead, we'll have a rotating uh, group of people to talk with us uh, about the various topics. Uh, as much as possible, I want to get a plurality of opinions because I think that that makes for uh, an interesting uh, podcast. And um, hoping that people see this as a way to get their views out there and to have uh, some fun and interesting discussions. Now, before I get into the podcast proper, I'd like to thank two people. First off uh, is my friend who I've been podcasting with for a long time. Uh, his name is Sean. Uh, Sean uh, is the guy that has helped connect me to a bunch of people. He's shown me the ropes on podcasting, helped me learn how to be a really good editor, as well as being a great friend for the last 18 years. So, Sean, thank you for everything. I really appreciate everything that you've taught me about podcasting. I'm really hopeful that we'll work together again soon and uh, anyone listening to this if you're interested in a place to hear some really uh, fun uh, commentary on the geeky news uh, so you can be informed and be entertained at the same time I really suggest that you take check out Sean's show of Sean Castic 
He and uh, Brittany, uh, they're do what they're calling the uh, BS Hour, uh, where they'll talk for 60 to 90 minutes about everything going on in the news, and it's a lot of fun. So I really suggest that you check that out. The other person that I'd like to thank is uh, Mike Faber. Uh, Mike uh, runs the Earth Station One Network. He's given my podcast a home, um, and I am really proud to be a part of the Earth Station One Network, uh, especially for a podcast just starting out. This is huge. Uh, Mike's also been a tremendous friend, and I really appreciate everything that he's done for me as well. So thank you, Mike. Uh, I'm looking forward to working with you on the Earth Station One Network, and I'm hopeful that this show will fit just right in with everything else going on there. But like I said before, uh, this show uh, is not just about me, that we have a cast, So I have three people on today with me. These are the three people that I'm calling my co-hosts. I'm really hopeful that at least one of them will be on all the topics that I've got planned coming up. Uh, But for now, I'm going to introduce them each. And first up, she is known as the Maniacal Geek. She has the hair that launched a thousand ships. That is that girl with the curls, Miss Samantha Cross. Hello! Hi Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well, Nathan. So why don't, uh, you know, I just had my little diatribe, so why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, Okay, Um, I am an archivist by trade, which means I am responsible for keeping track of documents and records for whatever institution I happen to be working for at the time. Uh, It's an exciting life, I can tell you. Um, I, uh, I guess my first fandom, if I'm following the kind of the same pattern here, was probably Batman and the X-Men because of the cartoons. Um, like, I, I can remember my first actual purchase was a those Fleer uh, X-Men cards uh, back in the day. So uh, there you go. I, I still regret losing my Storm card. I loved that card. <laughs> I wanted to be Storm when I was growing up because uh, of the weather. I want weather powers. Uh, <laughs> was that the first set of X-Men cards? Oh, I have no idea. It's been so long. Um, okay. I, I just know that they were called the Fleer ones, and they were like these really like artistic like depictions, and and it was how I learned to say Psylocke as well because I had no idea what <laughs> Greek uh, pronunciations of things were. So you learn so much from the X Men. I mean, really. Anyway, uh, right? That Wolverine is the most important character, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in my spare time when I'm not working, uh, I am usually writing some kind of article for my site, The Maniacal Geek, and uh, and or doing podcasts on my show, uh, That Girl with the Curls, which Nathan has been uh, basically, if not guest, but I would almost say kind of a co-hosty kind of thing. <laughs> a couple times we're going to have one that will be coming out soon that's all about the finales of the uh comic book television shows so look for that uh but yeah it's uh it's fun stuff i love i love talking about the general geekery even if it depresses me sometimes so (laughs) but happy to be here happy to be here good we're glad to have you sam so, so next up is someone uh, that I've known for many years. I used to uh, hang out with her a lot uh, when I lived on the East Coast. Uh, we'd kind of fallen out of touch for a while uh, until just recently. She's basically the sister that I never had. I like her so much that I talked to her in Japanese. It's Mayo Nechan, Rachel Alexander. Hello. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? 
I am great. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, that's good, because it's a brand new podcast, so I'm not sure excited is the word anyone else will use. <laughs> but it's, it's the inception, so it's like, this is, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Get into it. Uh, so why don't you tell everyone on the internet a little bit about yourself? I am a UX designer by trade. I currently work for a mobile app development company doing UX for mobile apps and websites and all that fun stuff. And I dabble in art and writing on the side. And I'm going to take a page from Sam's book and say that, you know, my first really big intro to geekiness was definitely the X-Men animated series on Fox back in the day. And then (laughs) Batman the Animated Series. Inevitably, that led to me uh, getting into the X-Men cards, like the Fleer Ultras and all that stuff. And I'm pretty sure I still have all of those uh, sets and binders in my parents' attic that I should probably get a hold of at some point um and send them to me (laughs) (laughs) and i am fairly certain i do still have all of my storm cards because storm was the best and my absolute favorite um so uh and i am still bitter about halle berry but we won't talk about that (laughs) (laughs) you and me both uh yeah that that about sums it up when as far as like other fandoms go, I, you know, was into anime really heavy for a while and stepped off of that for a while when I decided that I needed money more than anime. And then the world, wonderful world of online streaming anime happened, so that solved that problem. Uh, so, you know, just kind of anything and everything, really. I'll take it. Uh, so, Rachel, do you mind if I, if I say how I met you in person the first time? Oh, sure, go ahead. So, just to give people a little bit of an idea about Rachel, um, she and I had corresponded a little bit online. I, I can't even remember how uh, uh, we, you know, uh, first uh, started talking. Oh, I but... absolutely remember how we first started talking. I ran an Utena fan site. And you emailed me through that, and that's how we first started talking. Okay, and you had something to do with it, no, but I couldn't remember exactly how, but okay, that makes sense. So we had planned to meet at an anime con that we were both uh, attending, and they had a big event they did every year called Mystery Anime Theater, ah, and and we were going to meet there, and somehow we missed each other, even though apparently uh, Rachel had a sign um, that she was holding up, and even though I walked all the way up and down the line, I never saw Did it. I have a sign? Uh, wow, I really don't remember that. <laughs> well, you told me later that you had a sign. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so, um... Uh, we, we both sit down separately and whatever, we go through the whole thing, but then I think, okay, this is this is like one of the big auditorium rooms at any con that, that you see. And so I'm thinking when it's all over, well, they have microphones up there. So I go to the front of the room, I ask the guy if I can just use the microphone, I explain I'm trying to meet somebody, we had agreed to meet here and I can't find them. He said, sure. And so, you know, I, I you know say like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for Rachel. And all of a sudden, there is a scream, like, (laughs) the scream that, like, normally is reserved for, like, rock stars. And all of a sudden, this is a packed room, because even though the thing is over, people are just milling about. All of a sudden, you see this sort of, like, ripple starting uh, in the crowd, like something is, like, pushing through, you know, at speed. And eventually, out of the ripple, as it gets closer and closer, emerges this, uh, what, 5-2 ball of energy. 5-3. Sorry, I'm sorry. 5-3 ball of energy running at speeds that would make the Flash do a double take. (laughs) And, you know, I'm like, oh, great, there's Rachel. And then it starts to occur to me, She's not stopping. 
And <laughs> all of a sudden you go into that flight or fight, uh, you know, like reflex where you're like, oh my God, she's not stopping. What do I do? And everything seems to slow down. <laughs> and she's just hurtling towards me. And I'm like, I better just plant myself <laughs> as hard as I can. And she's like jumps and gives me what probably would have been a tackle hug if I hadn't planted myself <laughs> firmly. <laughs> yeah. And that was just because, you know, we were friends, you know? <laughs> Nothing beyond that. <laughs> Those are my considerably more hyper days. <laughs> yeah. I've like, dialed it back a notch since then. <laughs> Should have just screamed eagle and just jumped in. <laughs> But it's the kind of thing you don't ever see outside of cartoons. <laughs> you know, where someone just, like, jumps up on somebody, you know, but she did it. Yeah, that's true of every convention. <laughs> well, that's true. There's a lot of stuff that happens at cons that you don't see outside of cartoons. <laughs> I saw Pac-Man at Otacon once, but that's a whole other... Anyway... <laughs> All right. Well, that other voice you heard is a man that is that I've known for a little while now. Um, I never known someone to be so wrong so often, but we have a lot of discussions about it. He's my nemesis. It's Ryan Guthrie. How are you doing, Ryan? Wow. I'm hanging in there. Uh, I can't decide if I'm insulted or complimented because you know, if you say I'm wrong, I must be right. I mean. That's just, <laughs> but I I do appreciate you saving the best for last. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure, no problem. And now it'll be edited, you know. So right. <laughs> so, uh, so Ryan, why don't you uh, say a little bit about yourself to the internet? Absolutely, internet. Uh, so by day, when I'm out of my costume, um, I play with ants. Actually, I work for the Social Insect Research Group uh, at ASU, um, Arizona State. Uh, until the grant money runs out, and which will be sadly very very soon, so we get to play with ants and bees. Um, Are you which, Ant Man? I, you know, I had so many issues with that, but I was able to turn it off and just enjoy the movie. You know? <laughs> but I mean, don't even Ant Man, the Bee Movie, all those just I can't do them uh, without just. I mean, let's face it, no one can do Bee Movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Well. <laughs> What you don't like Seinfeld or you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's what I do during the day. I was born on the East Coast and have just kind of been progressively moving west uh, from Virginia to Texas. Now I'm in Arizona, and I've been bringing boxes and boxes of comic books that just get progressively less and less uh, worth anything uh, with every move. <laughs> so I don't know what that's about. Someday I'll learn. Um, my path to podcast probably. Probably started through conventions. I was going to Dragon Con annually. I've been going, I've been, I think, like 16 out of the past 18 years. And people would talk about the podcast they're doing. And, and I was like, what's that? So I, I finally discovered this thing called Google and uh, found a podcast. Ryan just basically gave everyone a clue as to his age. <laughs> well, if, if that didn't do it, I was about to identify myself as a latchkey kid, so that should do it. <laughs> okay. I mean, my fandom started with afternoon cartoons and Saturday morning cartoons, right? You know? Mm. 
So yeah, uh, I still haven't had my very first comic, Transformers number five. It's you know got all my sister's crayon scribbles all over it, but I, I keep that's my most valuable possession. Um, that's how passionate I am about it. Not Transformers. Don't get me wrong. Michael Bay. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like everyone else here, a lot of people here. When I became an adult, I had to choose between electricity and comic books, and so I found movies and television instead, and I kind of gobble it all up. Yep, I I definitely have those feels, and about the comic book collection that like progressively <laughs> like loses, uh, uh, you know, value. Um, my comics are now sitting in the attic. Because there's no room in the house, and I just know with Wisconsin weather being what it is, with the cold and then the heat and the cold and then the heat, that uh, I'm sure of those things. I mean, they're all bagged. Yeah. But you know that only goes so far. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's I'm a, sure. Unless that's acid-free, uh, you know, liner you've got in there, those things are going to get warped. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. That's actually your uh, yeah your area of expertise, isn't it, Sam? One of many. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What disappointed me about Sam is you know when she told me that she was an archivist. You know, I was imagining that scene from the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> I delight that, you know, in spoiling people's ideas of what profession actually is. And I'm like, yeah, you're keeping track of rare artifacts, and you know, you're doing all this really cool stuff there. And it's like, no, no, no. that's not it at all. It's like paperwork at a corporation. <laughs> I used There's to work at a museum. Yeah. Belong, you belong in a museum, Sam. I, I do, I really do. <laughs> Thanks for bringing up those memories. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know what the odds are, but you're the second archivist I've uh, met or you know become friends with online in the past couple of weeks. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. I got another friend. He's an archivist with actually the Library of Congress, I believe. Oh, now that I bet is really cool. Yeah, no, I have a friend who just started working there as well. What's 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 your friend's name? Uh, Derek Williams. Oh, you know Derek? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> <Are> you, uh, <laughs> two hours or one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Say hi to him for me. <laughs> Sam, I'm sure I know Sam. You know. Yeah, sure. Sam's generic enough. <laughs> Just like, you know, it's like, hey, Sam says, booga, 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 booga. Well, no. <laughs> or, you know, it'd, it'd have to be something like, hey, Sam says, you better pony up with the money. Oh my god. See what happens. <laughs> Smack him on the shoulder like that's from Sam. <laughs> yeah. You know what you did. Uh, if, if people haven't figured out by now, Ryan enjoys being a troll. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I enjoy it, I'm just naturally good at it. That's true. <laughs> Some people have those kinds of skills in life. Yeah. <laughs> Now that we've wrapped up the introductions, it's on to our very first ever five questions. This is a segment that I wanted to do to uh, ask all the new uh, guests that appear on the show a sequence of five random questions that can only have two possible answers. It's a way of getting to know uh, new people uh, in a way that's kind of fun and will keep it fresh because it'll always be something different. Since all three of our guests this time are new, they're all going to have to go through five questions. And here we go. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Ugh, Marvel. Oh, I still love DC. <laughs> <laughs> Sam got the wrong answer this time. <laughs> Alright, second question. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Trek. Oh. oh. 
track. Rachel's got it right this time. Oh, what? Hey. <laughs> I didn't know you were being judged. No, I'm, I'm just joking. Dave's being affected here. Uh, <laughs> I feel really ganged up on now, Nathan. <laughs> All right, Sam is over too. <laughs> All right, third question. Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis? I, I had a Genesis, but my friend had a Super Nintendo and I thought it was better, so I'll go with that one. Yeah, SNES, definitely. NES! Woo! We finally have agreement! <laughs> wow, I'm surprised! Because I was, uh, at least among my group of friends, it was always like everyone was Sega Genesis and I was like the Super Nintendo person. But... Well, you've got terrible friends. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Super Mario 3, man, when I beat that game, I was all over the place. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next question. Pluto. Planet or lump of rock? It can be both. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? Why not both? <laughs> I don't care what anyone says, it'll always be a planet to me. Uh, see, it is a dwarf planet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, uh... Back in my day, kids, Pluto was a planet, so it's going to stay a planet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we had nine planets. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah, Ryan. Booyah. Oh, you know what, though? Here's the thing, and just by sheer coincidence, you can't see it, but I'm wearing a Pluto was framed t-shirt. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you all can believe what you want. It doesn't make you right. <laughs> Screw you, Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ryan and I probably could take up a whole podcast episode with this debate because we basically had it on Facebook and it lasted like 30 or 40 messages. <laughs> well, you can yeah. do your own podcast that's, about that's that. That's right. <laughs> Time and place. I will be there to tell you how wrong you are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Harry Potter. Hmm. Gun to my head, Lord of the Rings. I'm going to go with Harry Potter. Oh, well, I actually agree with Ryan this time. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to, I need to change my answer. Right, right. <laughs> you can't do it. No take backsies. <laughs> I need a lifeline. <laughs> it's a rule that we just made up, and we're applying it now. <laughs> All right, I, I added a bonus question. Dun, dun, dun. How many points is it worth? <laughs> if one. Points don't matter. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> Chris Hemsworth or Chris Evans? Oh, oh God! <laughs> wow. Oh so man. No, it's not. <laughs> there is a lot of variables you have to take in on this one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to go Hemsworth. See, the box office follows my feelings on this, so it's Evans all the way. <laughs> now, I I will go with Evans as well because I've enjoyed way more of his movies. So. <laughs> I feel like Hemsworth. Well, I'm, I'm not going about enjoyment. I'm going on hormones. That's right. <laughs> oh no, that's part of the hormones too. I've had many debates with a friend of mine over which version of Chris Evans we would take. Oh, and so, <laughs> but let's be, let's I get be clear. Like, I would, 
<laughs> I no, would not Snowpiercer. Either one. I-, I feel like Hemsworth is more of the underdog, so I kind of like support Hemsworth because I feel like he's a better actor that he's given uh, parts for. You know, I feel like he should. I feel like he should be Take like that Chris back Evans right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do. I feel sorry for Hemsworth. I, I want him to have a non-Marvel hit. Right. I mean, he's done all these other movies, and they just all bomb. One, uh, the Red Hat, um, uh, his Moby Dick one, which I can't remember the name of. You know, none, he he can't get a hit. It's sad. Now they're gonna probably blame Ghostbusters on him. <laughs> no, they'll put that on the women. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Wait, we can always count on sexism in that regard, so... That's yeah, right. Like, Chris Hemsworth was the best part of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's gonna go down. <laughs> and then we went that's... into a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. right. I'm, like I said, I'm not bitter. Why? Ugh, God. Get off my back. <laughs> Alright, so that's the end of our very first five questions. So before we move on to our main discussion, let's listen to a promo for another fine podcast. Okay, auditions for the new Earth Station Who co-host. Take one, go ahead. Hello, Stonehenge, who takes the Pandora Cup, takes the universe, but, bad news everyone, cause guess who, ha, listen, you lot you're all whizzing about, it's really very distracting, could you all just stay still a minute because I am talking. Hmm, not bad, can you do another? Maybe something less wordy. He's like fire and ice and rage. He's like the night and the storm in the heart of the sun. He's ancient and forever. He burns at the center of time and can see the turn of the universe and he's wonderful. Wow, a little dark. Anything a little lighter? There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. Maybe. Got something a little fresher? I am not a good man. And I'm not a bad man. I am not a hero. And I'm definitely not a president. And, no. I'm not an officer. Do you know what I am? I am an idiot with a box and a screwdriver. Not too shabby. Can you close this up? Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating over 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. You never know where the TARDIS is going to go next. Earth Station Who podcast can be found at www.earthstationwho.com. Earth Station Who is a proud member of the ESO network. We are up on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace and we are done. Did I pass the audition? We'll get back to you. Next. Now on to the main topic. How we're going to kick things off is just by asking each other uh, a bunch of questions. Even though we're going to have other people on the show, Sam, Ryan, and Rachel are kind of my partners in this endeavor. So I really wanted to uh, have a forum where we kind of explained just a little bit about ourselves and thought that kind of the random nature of having us ask each other questions that we don't know what the other person's going to ask us would be a sort of a fun way to do that. How would how would our legal name go? Would it be like Laws Alexander Guthrie and Cross? Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a partnership. That's right. Yes, it's. <laughs> 
Um, sure. Wait, 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 what? What can we spell here? What what can our actors Yeah, I was wondering if someone was going to try the portmanteau uh, route. <laughs> on this. Uh, hmm. Hmm. We've only got one vowel going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clag. <laughs> Clag. <laughs> Cross laws, Alexander and Guthrie. There you go. Hey. Again, best for last. I'm fine. <laughs> So uh, everyone has has thought about this and come up with some questions, right? Yes. Okay. So um, let's reverse the order then. Um, How about we go Sam, then Ryan, then Rachel, then me, and everybody has to answer uh, their own question as well as then everybody uh, else, you know, in the in the rotation uh, answers the question. Uh, okay, so my first question is, what is the um, the book that changed your life? And it can be any kind of book. It doesn't have to be fiction or, or whatever. So, I'm going to go with a, a fiction, a genre one. Um, and probably, oh gosh. We're going existential on this one. Right. <laughs> no, no, honestly, honestly, this is so sad. I'm blanking on the name. Uh, when the Dark Comes Rising, uh, Susan Cooper, but I can't think of... I, no, I the Dark is Rising. The Dark is Rising, yeah. That mm. was the first genre book I, I read, so I'm going to go with that one. Do, do you want to elaborate on it, or is it just the fact that it was the first genre book you ever read? It, it, was, the, it was the first one besides maybe um, like the Alfred Hitchcock detective series that expanded my imagination, that made me think beyond just the facts that are observable in our world. Suddenly, you, the world can exist of anything you can imagine. And uh, there was there's also this duality. This good and evil is represented in the world and have physical corporeal form, and that just concept blew my head. Like it would, you know, any little kid when they first think about it. How old were you when you first read it? Uh, probably fourth grade. Yeah, it was it's was fourth grade. So do the math on that. I don't know. <laughs> About ten. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Depending on the time of year, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say that was. Um, it was in the school library. I didn't buy it. It was in the school library, and I read it and reread it about four or five times that school year. And then they didn't have. They had the third book in the series, but they didn't have the second book, and that was very. Oh, nice. Those yeah. jerks. Yeah. That always. <laughs> so, so, so did you hold off until you could find the second book, or did you just skip it? No, I, I held off. That was my Christmas present, the second mm. book, and then then I could get back to the third, and and I think there's a fourth too. Now that I think about it. silver chair. I, I can't yeah, remember. I, I think there were four of them. I can't remember, yeah. though. Yeah. So they, those were kind of the, the preteen, young adolescent books before they became really popular, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like on, on level with Narnia. Never read Narnia. That was my Narnia. Mm. Okay, so Rachel? Okay. Um, hmm, this is a really tough choice. So I am going to go with... Um, I don't know if you guys remember these, but uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, oh, my God, the ones yeah. <laughs> that were illustrated yes. by Stephen Gamel. Mm-hmm. And uh, ever ever since I was, like, a really little kid, I always kind of had, like, a morbid fascination with scary things. Like, you know, and when I'm a kid, like, you know, horror movies or anything like that don't scare me anymore. Um, but when I was a kid, they were terrifying, but it's like I was terrified, but I couldn't look away. So this book, I have no idea who the heck got it for me, because really, um, but, and, and of course, it was all about the illustrations. And so they scared the crap out of me. And I remember sitting around in my room by myself at night, like unable to look away from them, even though they creeped the crap out of me. <laughs> the cover so- alone. God. It's like- <laughs> 
And so, like, to this day, like, I'm just, like, you know, it is, like, my goal in life to be able to, like, do something, like, make art as creepy as and amazing as that. Like, it would just be awesome. So it's, like, that kind of, like, represents to me, like, this feeling that I strive for in, like, any of the, like, creative works I do. Because I like creepy stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I think back to that and how you know that that awesome giddy feeling of like this is so scary but i can't stop sort of thing so yeah that's definitely uh up there so i'll, I'll go with that one okay this one it's down to me uh so this one is kind of hard for me because there are really two answers and so i'm waffling between the two of them but both i mean it's you know you've been around for a while it's odds are there's <laughs> more than one book yeah. that changed your life <laughs> well sam just called me old <laughs> I assume that most people have been around long enough that they've read more than one book. I think we're only like a few have years you been on the like internet? <laughs> No. Like there's only like a few years of difference between us, Sam. I know, but... I'm old too. Got okay. It. <laughs> so 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 the first one I think and this is probably I don't know, probably a lot of people say this is uh Ender's Game. Mhm. Um that was a I don't know, I never read a book until that moment that involved young people that I could identify with. In fact, it, it kind of, like, it, I kind of have a hatred for all things with child protagonists. Um, it's one of the reasons I don't particularly care for Harry Potter. Um, because I feel like the writers, like, have forgotten what it's like to be a kid. And I feel like they write kids in a way that isn't, like, genuine. Um, whereas, like, Ender's Game, to me, like, everything that Ender goes through, while it's, you know, it, it involves, you know, more, maybe, than I ever went through, well, definitely, than I ever went through, the feelings that Ender has and the, you know, uh, the identification with the character was really strong. Orson Scott Card, like, really understood the kind of struggles that, um... Uh, kids who are pushed to be the highest possible achievers are are put into, and the way that they feel because of that, and that uh, just I, I was kind of blown away by it. So it's always, um, you know, it's always a book that you know I kind of look to as kind of the example of of what is you know what makes for good literature is is creating like a compelling character that people can identify with. Um, the other book that changed my life, um, was, uh, A Tale of Two Cities. Nice! Which was, uh, something that I had to read for school, uh, senior, senior year of high school. Um, it was one of those things where I kind of dreaded it, you know, because a lot of times the books that they made us read in school weren't the books that I would choose to read myself, even though I was pretty much a voracious reader. Um, but, and, and like Dickens the also goes through some weird periods or his happy periods where it's much easier <laughs> depressing periods where it's sluggish and you're like, Oh, he's getting paid by the word. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in the first 50 pages or so, I think we're a struggle with that one. But once you get through that first section and you actually get to where the action moves to England um, and, and it's about, you know, the, the whole thing with Sidney Carton and everything, mm -hmm. All of a sudden, this book became this, you know, genius masterpiece um, where, you know, it was probably one of the, 
it's it is the best example that I've ever seen of of self sacrifice, and I really. Uh, again, just really enjoyed the depiction of the characters. I enjoyed um, the setting. I enjoyed the interaction. You know, uh, everything about it was just like really uh, amazing to me. And um, you know, I I've always kind of looked to that as an example of you know putting others first. Um, and you know, and about what it really means to like care about somebody and love somebody. So, um, a tale of two cities, I think, is. Uh, you know, it, well, it is. It's my favorite piece of literature. Um, so, yeah, th- those are those are my twin answers there. Well, no, did you ever see the movie with uh, was it Chris Sarandon plays uh, Charles Darnay and uh, Sidney Carton? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. the guy from The Princess Bride, right? Yeah, no, when yeah. I, I saw that in high school. <laughs> I, yeah, we read it my uh, my sophomore year actually, and uh, uh, when we watched that because I'd seen Princess Bride before I saw that version. <laughs> And so I'm like, yeah. what the hell is Prince Humperdinck yeah. doing in this? <laughs> yeah, that's the reaction I have whenever I see him in anything. <laughs> like, what the hell is Prince Humperdinck? I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I flipped through the channels one time and saw Fright Night, and I was like, what the hell is Prince Humperdinck doing in this? <laughs> he was at Emerald City a couple of years back, and I really regretted not like going to meet him and being like, you're Prince Humperdinck! <laughs> Who kills Humperdinck? Uh, he lives? Uh. <laughs> Oh, but um, yes, yes, I have seen it. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Long story short, too late. Yeah. Um, and so then for myself, uh, the book that definitely changed my life, I was probably about 14 when I read this. It was It's a book called Ishmael, which is written by uh, Daniel Quinn, and it's, um, stick with me, about a psychic gorilla who uh, teaches this, this regular human being dude about the power of stories. Uh, basically, like, starts with um, how, like, creation myths are told from a particular perspective and kind of even gets into, like, biblical stuff and everything, um, like, explains the story of Cain and Abel in terms of uh, more historical and metaphor uh, and in terms of how, like, it was written. Because uh, I started reading that when I was going through kind of a religious crisis in my life, and it, and it helped kind of uh, center things and give me a new perspective. So, since then, I've always kind of looked at things a bit more analytically because of that book. Um, so yeah, uh, I would highly recommend it, and I am, I'm always pushing it on people and be like, "No, stick with me. It's a psychic gorilla, but it's really good." <laughs> it's like you know, Grodd if he went into theology or something. Right? <laughs> oh my goodness! It's so good, and there's two sequels to it as well that I recommend. My Ishmael which is told from the perspective of another one of the gorilla's students, but it's a little girl. And then the story of B, which is kind of told much uh, a bit um, after the events of the first two books. So highly recommended. Everyone should enjoy it. All right. So Ryan, will you give your first question? Okay. I'm going to skip the hard one for later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask and. I had fandom in mind when I thought about this, but it really, I guess it doesn't have to apply to that, but uh, what is your guiltiest pleasure? I mean, we're judgmental people in the community. <laughs> what do you get the most grief for loving? Okay, so what do people give me the most grief about liking? Yeah, yeah. What do you get the most grief for that for unapologetically just enjoying? Uh, uh, well, here's a good one. I will unapologetically say that I love Kesha. <laughs> 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 <I'm>, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
don't know if people give me no end of hell for it, but I don't give a crap because it's her music's fun and completely stupid, but it's not like she's not trying to write a you know a tale of two cities or whatever. It's intended to be <laughs> dumb fun, so I'm I'm all for it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is, Ryan, so I'm going to avoid it. <laughs> Another one of the few things we agree on. Right, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but I I unapologetically like Polly Shore movies. Nice. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> Which one? In the army now, son-in-law. Oh, son-in-law is my favorite for sure. I like Encino Man. Yeah, Encino Man. Yeah, Encino Man's good. I actually like In the Army now. Yeah. Yeah, Lori Petty when she was good. (laughs) You know, Polly Shore. I I actually uh, watched Polly Shore's short-lived TV show uh, when he had it. So you know, I. I don't know. I just find Polly Shore funny. Uh, I know, again, it's one of those things he's not trying to make high art, you know, and, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I was just the right age or whatever. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I can even go back, because I did watch Son-in-Law, I don't know, a year or two ago, um, again, and I I still thought it was fun. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's... uh, But, yeah, people give me grief for it, but it's okay. I gave him grief back, so it works. (laughs) Biodome is amazing, man. It, it was back when, um, oh crap, what's the name of the director for Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, James Gunn. Yeah, when James Gunn was saying that he would have cast Polly Shore as Thanos. <laughs> that, that's when this came up. That <laughs> would have been like, a bold move. Bold right, exactly. Move. And you call me a troll, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's the gauntlet. <laughs> So I was so I was bringing up the fact that hey people said Keaton couldn't be Batman and anyway people just dogpiled on that you know because just because I liked you know Polly Shore but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam, save me here. Um, well, uh, Nathan gave me grief about this a, a while ago, uh, not not very long ago, but uh, Keanu Reeves movies. <laughs> uh, specifically, he gave me grief about Johnny Mnemonic. But... Right. <laughs> <laughs> that man. I'm a diehard sucker for a good Keanu Reeves movie, no matter what. Like uh, the aforementioned Johnny Mnemonic, uh, I will watch Bram Stoker's Dracula because it is hilariously fun. (laughs) I'm trying to do a British accent. (laughs) Hey, I like him as Ted Theodore Logan. Okay, you can't go wrong with you know Ted Theodore Logan. But John Wick is amazing, and I've probably been in love with him since like Speed. So. Or as Homer Simpson calls it, the bus that couldn't slow down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Homer. <laughs> Homie. <laughs> but yeah, so there we go. <laughs> All right, that that's that's. I want to say that's respectable, but it's it's a thing. It's there you go. <laughs> I you, don't make that, any apologies for it. I love movies. Of all of all the ones that have been mentioned, and, and me knowing what Ryan's is, yours is probably the one that is least uh, something that somebody will give you grief for. Because I know a lot of people who like um, Keanu, even though I do know that a lot of people like me don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Ryan. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, there's this big build up, but you're probably going to be a little disappointed. Um, as far as fandom goes. 
My guilty pleasure is I believe, and I will swear to my dying day, that the Marvel Cinematic Universe began with Howard the Duck. (laughs) (laughs) It is an awesome movie, and you should all own it. Yes. I I actually concur with Ryan on this. You 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 concur like you believe it started there or Oh well no not that part of it but I think it's a great movie. Oh okay. <laughs> I, I'm, you know I, I can fudge a little bit it being canon in the Mar- MCU but anyway you look at it it's a masterpiece. I mean yeah. it's clearly Tim Robbins best work if nothing else. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> Poor Tim. I was almost said Wolverine Origins. But I, <laughs> oh, oh, I would have murdered you for that. Yeah. You, you'd be lying then, right, Ryan? I, I didn't like Wolverine Origins, but I did like Taylor Kitsch as Gambit. I, I won't. Oh, oh, that's that's still pretty bad. <laughs> I guess you when know, he tried to do a Cajun accent, it was okay. <laughs> I'll take him over uh, Channing Tatum. Let's put it that way, as Gambit. Uh, that's just choosing between like a banana and a cucumber. <laughs> What's a fruit? Okay, okay, I, I, okay, just the fact that she used two things that are phallic shaped. Just <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving right on. So, Rachel, what is your first question? <laughs> okay, um, I'm just gonna go straight for the hard one here. Uh, so, let's say you have the oper- you're making a time capsule. You know, end of the world's coming. Who knows what the hell? Like. This is, you have an opportunity to put one thing into this time capsule to preserve for future generations of humanity once it's been rebuilt. So what's the one thing that you that future people need to consume to learn about our time? So we're like yep. talking a total wipeout of civilization. There's nothing left. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> Take with, come up with whatever scenario you want. But like, there's nothing left of all of the shows and books and series you love so just you got only have time to preserve one of them oh i almost feel like this is going to be one of those judging you comments or <laughs> ones but just asked in a different way <laughs> isn't that what nerd cultures become judgments? <laughs> oh not completely, you know, but yeah. Okay, a good portion of it, <laughs> a healthy portion. <laughs> it's not, it's not a, a judgy thing. It's like you know, it's a, it's your chance to be selfish. It's like okay, I get to preserve this for humanity, and I don't care about what anyone else thinks. This is the thing that I think they need to see. Oh, I get the nature of the question. I'm saying that the result <laughs> will be people judging. <laughs> <laughs> the unintended result. The right, unintended result is, oh my god, yeah, I'm trying I mean, to think. We're talking about fandom. Judgment goes hand in hand. Yeah. You know what? Since you said one thing, I can cheat. I'm going to put my Star Wars Trilogy Original Edition box set in there. Because that is the one thing that I think future generations need to, like, uh, consume. But I don't think that's cheating. When I say one thing, I mean, like, entity. So it's like, you know, if you want to say, like, the entirety of a TV series or whatever, like... That counts. Okay. I don't think that's cheating. Okay. So, like, a thumb drive of every Star Trek episode would work. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Can we alter the question a little bit? More? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I feel like I need to just put, like, the sum total of human knowledge on a drive and just stuff. No, it doesn't <laughs> All right. what's, what's the terabyte limit on this is what I need to know. <laughs> no, because Star Wars is my favorite 
like thing like movie series you know and piece of entertainment so that's what i would put in you know not anything important like actual historical documents or anything but star wars that's what i'm oh who cares they won't won't know anything (laughs) right exactly (laughs) they'll think that's the historical document right (laughs) right well in that vein i would put in batman the animated series Mm. Uh, and Subsequently, the entire DC animated universe, <laughs> except for the most recent movies, I would I would kind of maybe leave them out. Um, but, <laughs> but Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Young Justice, you know, put, put them all together and send it off to the, the good people to watch. Assuming they can actually watch DVDs and or VHS, because as an archivist, we all know that uh, media will you know, have a hard time grandfathering, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so. Or assuming they even speak English or understand it, you know, but what? Yeah. <laughs> why not? <laughs> See, I was thinking about this and I, I want, I, I thought the noble answer is like, you know, uh, Newton's Principia or um, <laughs> the collected works of Shakespeare or the origins of species, uh. but, but I'm not going to do all those. Uh, and actually, in, in in a way, in honor of this um, podcast, I would probably go with Hitchhikers. Ah. Guide of the Galaxy. Yeah, Very I think nice. so. What? Why Hitchhikers? Because I'm assuming there are other people putting the important stuff in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, this is the one thing that future <laughs> generations get to read. <laughs> or you know what I do? I would probably uh, like really mess up a Rubik's cube. And put it in there, like with a note saying, "If you solve this, you can you unlock the accumulated knowledge of." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, troll to the bitter end. Exactly. <laughs> no, you put a note. You put a note. It's like you have five minutes to solve this, <laughs> <laughs> or it blows up. Yeah. You know. uh, <laughs> all right. So Rachel, answer your own question. Ah. Uh. So, in the vein of trolling and just messing with everyone's head, um, the cra- well, one of the craziest things I can think of that I also love is, of course, uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. So mm-hmm. I put the whole TV series in there because it's just so insane and <laughs> good, is. but insane so that if they manage to somehow watch it, they will just think, like, what the hell... <laughs> What's wrong with everyone? Why did they turn into cars? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was I was afraid that only you and I knew the series, Rachel, but Sam's obviously seen it too, or at least the movie. <laughs> although, the movie I, <laughs> although I I noticed that Rachel didn't mention the movie, which right on. But anyway, <laughs> I would still be confused. Be like, uh, what? I mean, there's a, there's enough craziness in the show without turning into cars, so. right? Oh, okay. <laughs> that movie. I watched the show, and then I watched the movie, and I was like, wow, the show did not prepare me for the movie at all, because that was just a whole <laughs> other level of crazy. But anyway. <laughs> all right, it's down yeah. to me now. Um, all right, so I think I will ask, what is your favorite video game system, and what was the, your favorite video game, and why? Oh. Well, I think I already mentioned this, because uh, <laughs> I, uh, I really only got to the, the NES, or no, I got to the PlayStation, never mind. Uh, so the, yeah, the NES was my favorite, and Super Mario, uh, I think was 3, Super Mario 3, mm-hmm. uh, was my game of choice, and I just, I was just into Mario, I just liked the, the world, the 
I'm very competitive when it comes to games, so that's why I had to stop gaming at a certain point. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I said, when I when I beat that game, I was just I was over the moon, and, and then quickly went into a depression. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, those were the days towards the end of Nintendo's run when before like all the games had saves and everything that like Super Mario Brothers three, you had to be hardcore committed oh to beating God. that game because that was like a three to four hour investment of time. Well, and then uh, it's just like uh, you're moving with the controller. You're like, you know, right. running <laughs> up and your body. down. And <laughs> like, Before you know, you're on the ground. You <laughs> threw yourself off the couch. Exactly. Like you feel like that position's gonna somehow change something. Like you're gonna alter what Mario <laughs> does. Bend into it, or like. <laughs> All right, Ryan, you're up. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna preface this by saying I don't. I won't be on any or very likely I won't be on any of the gaming uh, episodes. Um, I had I have kind of like an addictive personality, at least where gaming was concerned. I had to stop. Uh, I think I was going on to like hour 20, 20 or 21 of playing Civ 3 or Civ 4 or something like that. And yeah, <laughs> I wasn't, I was debating, you know, whether or not I want, needed to go to work. So yeah, I had to, had to slow down and back off. Um, so having said that, uh, aside from maybe like the occasional PC game like Portal, um, I haven't played much in years. So I'm going to go with, yeah, just the, the original Nintendo system and uh, Legend of Zelda. That gold cassette, I, I will always, gold painted, um, game, game, I will always just uh, remember very fondly. And I could, to this day, as a matter of fact, when we got our Wii, I think the second game I ever played on that was Zelda. I went, I went and bought it and you know, won it again. Yeah, I, I I remember just being envious of everyone who had Zelda until I got it myself, uh, and that's still like one of the most fun. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. it's still a totally fun game to play, um, and uh, so yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that one, um, Rachel. Okay, so hmm, tough choice because it's like what what point in time do I pick? Because I can remember being a kid and. Uh, my aunt had an Atari, and I loved I loved Frogger. Yes. But in terms of like what had the most impact on me, um, I'd say when the PlayStation One came out because I I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so I wasn't able to play like Final Fantasy VI, which was then Final Fantasy III. Mm -hmm. um, so PlayStation One was like my first opportunity to like really get into role playing games, which then I ended up flipping for. And of course, it's going to sound like a cliche, but I don't care. People can kiss my butt. But the <laughs> game that got me into them was Final Fantasy VII, and I flipped out. And Ryan, you mentioned having an addictive personality when it comes to games. Well, I absolutely did too. And I was just like, I'm like completionist. I'm going to do every side quest. I'm going to get a gold chocobo. Like, I just went nuts. And so, while there are have been subsequent games that I have enjoyed more than Final Fantasy 7, that's really the one that kind of got things going. So, I will I will go with that. I, I had forgotten that. I'm pretty sure we've spoken about it before, Rachel. Um, <laughs> but, um, for me, uh, it's actually uh, the SNES. Um, because I, I kind of fell out of video games probably way earlier than anyone else because I never made the transition to N64. Um, oh. I never really liked once everything was 3D. I felt like there was still, like, room for platformers and stuff. And since, you know, my favorite games are RPGs and, um, 
and then like uh, one-on-one fighters like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, um, you know, which I get still existed, but I was also a diehard Nintendo person and all that stuff moved to PlayStation. So um, with, you know, the N64 didn't have any of that. And so I was just never really all that interested in the N64 and I just kind of other things took up my time. But the, to me, the SNES was an improvement in every way over the NES. Um, you know, the graphics and everything else, you know, just really, uh, you know, the depth of the sound, uh, excited me. The controller didn't come to the point where it was so complicated. You needed like four hands to, you know, work it like the N64. And, uh, you know, I felt like it had the enough or the right amount of variability with, you know, the, uh, six button, you know, the six buttons and start and select, um, without getting overly complicated. And uh, the game, though, that for me was the huge eye-opener was what is now, uh, what is what is actually Final Fantasy IV, but was then called Final Fantasy II. And um, I had never played fi- the first Final Fantasy for the NES, and I had never really like seen an RPG before. And that just blew me away. Um, just the depth of the storytelling, the fact that this was a video game, and you could like really care about these characters, and there was a storyline, and when people died, you actually you know got upset about it, and you know it was it was this it was this just this book that was interactive basically, and so uh, yeah, I, I always. I always think of Final Fantasy IV as like my, you know, the the height of of my enjoyment uh, with video games, or as the people on Game FAQs call it, Final Fantasy Awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, okay, Sam. Next up, second question. Second question. Uh, favorite Disney princess. <laughs> huh. <laughs> yep. I'm leaning towards um, like Merida, but I'm gonna go more with the one that I've always liked for longer, Belle. Wait, any particular reason why Belle? Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's a silly reason. Well, the one she's a badass character, you know, but she was into books and so forth. But the real reason is because this is gonna sound sappy, but maybe maybe he edit this out later. But uh, <laughs> I, not I, a chance. <laughs> I took my little sister to see Beauty and the Beast in the movie theater, and it's just a very fond memory of mine. Oh. When, you know, she was a little kid. It's the first movie. It's the first time I was adult enough or old enough to, you know, take her out in public on my, you know, together, just the two of us or whatever. And we went to see Beauty and the Beast. No. Aww. This is another unintentional judging question. <laughs> <laughs> the princess decides. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is a tough. Surprisingly tough, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as recent ones goes, I really liked Rapunzel. I thought she was so cute. But like, as far as like, just overall, I'm I'm a sucker for Mulan. I think she's great. Like, awesome. She's like, I mean, you know, the 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 princesses have always I've always had a mixed mixed feelings about them ever since I was a kid. Like, you know, some of them are more uh, active and proactive than others. Um, but I just I loved how Mulan's story was just a little uh, a little better than the typical princess one. So and she's just she's a badass. I love her. So we'll go with her. Sweet. Yeah, for me, uh, it's always been Jasmine. Nah. And that one is easy for me because I think that Jasmine is incredibly hot. So you know, <laughs> so it's the shallowest answer. I'm surprised nobody <laughs> cheated and went with Princess Leia. But okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Although I guess I haven't heard Sam's answer yet. No, well, it's not going to be Princess Leia. I can that. <laughs> no, my uh, my favorite is actually the same as Ryan's. It's Belle. Mm. Um, but it, it's, it's been uh, shifting towards Rapunzel lately because I did... Tangled surprised me so much in terms of, like, just how how good it actually was because I wasn't expecting it. But uh, Belle was, was the, the first princess I really identified with because she was into books and she just, uh, and, and she was more proactive than I felt Ariel ever was because I still think Ariel is dumb. Um, <laughs> she signed her damn name. She knows how to write a note. Right. <laughs> you lose your voice doesn't mean you can't communicate with people, you idiot. <laughs> Different written languages, okay? Oh, no, she signed her name Ariel. It's the same thing. <laughs> In script. So she knows how to write. <laughs> but, uh, but Belle was my favorite because uh, she just, she wasn't a, uh, like, simpering idiot. She she actually made a sacrifice and, you know, uh, she breaks a promise and then sticks yeah. to it and then she slowly learns to appreciate the beast. And I don't necessarily buy into the Stockholm Syndrome thing, especially with the version. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, she's this empowered, educated woman who falls for the hairy, angry guy. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I, don't know about, I don't know about that, but she might be the. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but she might be the first pr- princess who, who made her decision based on the welfare of someone else. I mean, Ariel did it for herself. You know, yeah, Cinderella did it for herself. They, yeah, they all do it for themselves. But Belle, she was thinking about her family. She's thinking about her father. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm down with that. <laughs> so Bill wins. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, what's your second question? Uh, okay, second question. Kind of uh, two answers. Real life and fandom. What is your dream vacation? A fandom vacation, too? I don't know that I'd want to visit many of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to Gotham City. <laughs> People die a lot. <laughs> Um, uh, okay, real life dream vacation, uh, that's really tough because I literally want to go everywhere. Um, bucket list, what's at the top of your bucket list? Top of my bucket list. You know, like, well, not, not a specific destination, but my, my biggest thing, because I live in an area with lots and lots of light pollution, so seeing the Milky Way is not a thing that happens here, so... (laughs) Bucket list. I don't care where it is. I just have to go somewhere that you can like actually see the Milky Way with your naked eye. Um, so whether or not that's you know out in the Southwest or what have you, I don't care as long as I can see it. Let's do it. Um, and and a corollary to that, Northern Lights too, because that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, as far as fandom vacation goes, um, oh my god, seriously, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. They're not all Mad Max. There are some good ones. <laughs> I'll go with Hogwarts. That, that would be pretty cool. Okay. You know, a lot of kids tend to die at Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm an adult. I could possibly hold my own, but I'm really good at running away if I need to. Okay, well. If you go at the beginning of the semester, you'll probably be fine. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. So, like, you know, it'll, it'll be like a little tour when things start out, and then I'll just get out right, you know, before midterm when things start getting a little weirder. Right when the plot starts to thicken, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, for me, for my real vacation, it's... Uh... I guess going to the there, there's two places I'd really like to go, um, but I guess I'll go with 
New Zealand because that's something that my wife and I have been talking about um, ever since the Lord, well, ever since we got together, I guess, because we got together after the first Lord of the Rings movie. So it wasn't since the Lord of the Rings movies came out. It was since we got together because, you know, one of the things you realize while watching Lord of the Rings and the people talk about, about the making of the movies and everything is like, there is everything, you know, like every kind of climate and, you know, land type in uh, New Zealand, which is why they film so many things there. And I think that'd be a really beautiful place to go. We looked into going there for our honeymoon and it was so ridiculously expensive. We said some other day and uh, yeah, some other day hasn't come. So we did uh, amazing things for the New Zealand uh, tourist board. So. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, their film industry, you know. No. Right? The other place I'd like to go is Japan before, you know, all the monster attacks like wipe it off the map, but the whole other <laughs> but but anyway um but for fandom um i'm get you know thinking about it and not having much time to really think about it my thoughts keep going back to what i call the space hilton or the uh enterprise d um because basically you know it's such a plush comfortable environment you've got the holodeck you've got you know all kinds of entertainment at your finger i mean basically the complete like works of human knowledge are available by just touching a little pad you know so you know i think i could while away a lot of time there in the vacation you know so um i'll go with that yeah okay uh real world vacation um i would definitely want to uh, go back to italy uh i went there for a few days on a kind of a european tour at one point but it wasn't long enough and it's where my roots are so i would really like to go back especially to florence uh we were there for like a day tops and i was just like no i want more of this and as far as fandom goes uh, like Rachel, there are a lot of places I probably shouldn't go to because <laughs> they're not the most welcoming. <laughs> it's like, like I said, Gotham City, not a good place to vacation. No. Uh, so pick Metropolis. You know? <laughs> it, I don't think it's any better, really. I mean, they're right across the bay from each other. So, yeah. uh. Right? <laughs> uh, I would probably, like, oh, Stargate Atlantis. I would go to the city of Atlantis. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. yeah, especially after they like worked out all the kinks with like all the ancient stuff and, and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> you can actually explore it and be like, oh, I'm not going to die from some weird thing that they made. So as long as it's one of the days where they had a ZPM. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would like to go through the Stargate. Actually, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. End up in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that used to be the joke between my wife and I is, you know, because most of the planets look like they're in the forest. It's like, oh, we're in Canada again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, I liked it when they actually referenced it, I think, on SG1 during one of their meta episodes, and they're like, yeah, you know, the reason why everything looks like it's you know, a forested area in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the 100th episode or something like that, or the 200th yeah. episode, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Could be any of them, really. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ryan, so answer your own. Yeah, you know, the dream vacation is tough. I mean, I, I considered, like, Australia, Antarctica, but I, I would go for uh, the Galapagos Islands. I would love to visit them and, and see, see all the, the life there, you know, before they go under the, under the sea. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Nathan stole um, my dream vacation. I was going to go Enterprise D. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it just makes perfect sense. 
when you think about it. It's it's everything. I mean, you've got an Android with like 500 gigabyte memory. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you could answer every question you want. No, yeah, inter- definitely something Star Trek related. Um, Are you going to use data as your like personal <laughs> servant? <laughs> I, well, you know, I don't know why I wouldn't. Why not? <laughs> you make a good point. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what's uh that Voltaire song? Uh, he's you know fully functional and anatomically correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I would definitely go. I could maybe do Deep Space Nine. I think that'd be a little bit more on the risky side for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, definitely Star Trek. Plus, you and get all you caught get up in that Bajoran War and everything. It's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you get to see Quark. That was the best. We went to the the Star Trek experience when it was in Vegas. They had Quark's bar there. It was great. I loved it. I got pictures of it. Some of my favorite pictures. <laughs> I might have to put them up on Facebook now. I'm going to go find them right after this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rachel, what is your second question? So, we all have, you know, the things that we liked when we were kids. And, uh, you know, nostalgia kind of carries you through with things that you liked when you were a kid that maybe aren't so great anymore mm-hmm. but what what's the um i guess the thing that you've uh you know rediscovered from your childhood that actually like stands the test of time objectively like you know okay it's not just nostalgia like this is still really really awesome rachel's doing all these deep cut questions <laughs> oh my goodness i know your answer nathan what Doctor Who. Oh, that's not bad at all. So yeah, Doctor Who. Um, I I feel like that's a series um, that uh, you know I'm I'm just talking about the the the, the series that started in '63 and, and ended in '89, but um, you know that that really holds up. You know, despite some some severe limitations due to the time it was made and uh, the budget uh, that it had available, uh, especially in the in the later years. But if you're willing to sort of watch it uh, more for the acting and the storylines, and not worry as much about um, the effects and things of that nature, uh, it is a show that really. Um, you know, still really works. And, you know, my argument always is when people say, you know, because the, com- you know, the common, you know, thing that people say is, well, the effects aren't any good, is like, can you go to a play? You know, if you can go to a play and watch a play and enjoy it, you should be able to watch a performance on screen that, you know, does not have the best effects and enjoy it, you know, because you're watching for the performance and for the story. So, um, you know. Uh, I'm not a fan of when the Daleks do, uh, you know, Death of a Salesman. It kind of takes me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, that, that would be my answer is, is uh, classic Doctor Who. Okay, uh, I actually, no, I know this, uh, it's, uh, the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the first one. (laughs) (laughs) That one still holds up, because it is still awesome and incredibly dark in a way that was very surprising and still kind of is at times. Uh, but also because my sister and I, like, you know, not necessarily rediscovered it, but just watched it again not very long ago and we were just like man i remember how awesome this movie was and it still is we can still quote it so uh yeah i'll give sam this because i've seen it recently again too i feel the same way about it now that i did then 
<laughs> so on that basis, I agree. <laughs> Whatever, don't judge me. Mr. Dalek's performing death. <laughs> now I have to see that done. Oh. <laughs> All right, so Ryan, what is your answer? Um. Okay, honorable mention to like the 80s Muppets or pretty much any Jim Henson creature work stuff like Dark Crystal mm. or, or yeah. any of that uh, you know, from the 80s. But I would say for me, what holds up the most, what I can read and reread again, would be uh, Chris Claremont's first run on the X-Men, like Giant Size X-Men to the Dark Phoenix Saga. Mm. Um, yeah, I can read that and reread that. It, it just... It, it it even though it's dated in the sense of style and clothing, obviously Dazzler <laughs> Disco, you know, it, it's still the the story itself is still captivating. Hey, it's that's my complex. that's that's my favorite incarnation of Dazzler. <laughs> 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 is the white costume with like sort of the kiss makeup and the roller the skates. Roller skates. Yes, <laughs> love Disco right. Dazzler. It's the same as like Mohawk Storm, best storm. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Rachel, answer your own. Okay, so um, there's probably a lot of candidates I could go for, but I would say like there's one above all that takes the cake, and that is the last Unicorn animated movie they did. And uh, I flipped out for that movie when I was a little kid. I had it on VHS, and I probably like went through several VHS copies because I watched it so much. <laughs> and uh, they've done... like blu-ray re-releases with like special features and all that stuff and then they were doing the um the uh they did a screening tour where the author of the book was you know touring and then they would screen the film at um in theaters and they would have a talk afterwards and i still love it i like it's a great movie it's a beautiful movie like a lot of the animators that worked on that went on to uh work at studio ghibli like it's it's just a really really gorgeous film and I still think it's awesome hmm. nice alright my second question what is your favorite D&D class and alignment and why oh <laughs> uh, this is where I show how little I know about D&D at times because <laughs> I, I lived with a registered GM um, so I got spoiled a lot but I was always partial to the uh rogue class mm. with a, a little bit of the chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> so you wanted to just go around, you know, just killing people randomly because you felt like it. Yeah, I figured, like, I, okay, so my roommate and I, he used to, he would play his video games and I would kind of watch because I wasn't playing at the time, but I would, I would be, like, reading and watch him do this. And so when he had, um, it was one of the Star Wars games where you could, like, go full dark side, full light side, or I think it was the Knights of the Republic, something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Anyway, he he would always go like total white knight. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is the one chance that you really have to do like the most asshole-ish, terrible, awful <laughs> things. And you have no moral repercussions coming back on you personally. It's like, God, go completely evil, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel you have the option. <laughs> I can I can sympathize there though, because I'm always the person who feels guilty about doing mean things in video games. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it was tough convincing him of anything like that. So he always kind of like went a little bit more in the neutral territory. But I was always like the little devil on his shoulder, like, come on, kill them, whatever. Dark side has cookies. 
Right? Come on. <laughs> Who cares about a few younglings? <laughs> <laughs> they had it coming. They're probably assholes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> what did they ever do for you? You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, Ryan. Um, y- you know, I uh, <laughs> my, the favorite game I ever played. Uh, I was a, a drow thief. Uh, you know, probably true neutral. Um, and I, I everyone got uh, trap door fell and trapped my entire group except me, and I could have gotten them out, but I chose not to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took I took the loot. And left, and that ended the game like an hour into it. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and you know, I, that was your was favorite talking. gaming experience. <laughs> well, That's my favorite gaming experience <laughs> because it was unexpected. The looks on their faces. I mean, I, I you know, I created my character and like, no, this dude's a drow. He's a thief. He doesn't care about any. He, all he cares about is his payday. And like, okay, cool, 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 cool. But I guess they figured, you know, when push came to shove, I would be there for them. And I was not. <laughs> and so, hey, now that it, that doesn't describe me who I am, but that if I'm playing a fictional character, I think I can have the most fun just upsetting people's expectations. Like that. <laughs> That's great. All right, so Rachel. Um. Well, so I'm a D and D newbie. I'm actually like. We've been playing for a while, but I'm in the middle of, like, my first ever campaign. Mm. Um, so I don't have a lot of history to go with, but I'm playing a monk right now, and I like that I get to just punch things, because that's pretty fun. Monk <laughs> <laughs> punch! Yes. It's like, I'm going to punch that. What are you going to do next? I'm going to punch it. Um so, yeah, and then uh, my other friend plays a rogue, and so we're kind of, like, the only two out of the group that are sort of, like, frontline, so we always, like, team up so she can get her sneak attacks and flank people, and so it's, like, between the two of us, we end up, like, massacring people. It's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> her line... That, you know? <laughs> Massacre is always awesome. You know? Yes. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme amongst all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That being said, the character is chaotic good. Um, as previously mentioned, I do have a problem with like convincing myself it's okay to be mean in uh, in fictional settings. So I, I don't know if I'd be very good at playing a neutral character or an evil character. So we'll just we'll just stick with chaotic good and call it that. <laughs> Come on, those kobolds are probably assholes. <laughs> they're, well, they're not people. I can I can. Oh, oh, now we can do it. <laughs> they're not this like real people. people. The, <laughs> like, sentient beings. People of this people. <laughs> they don't see them as people. I, now I get it. <laughs> Uh, for me, um, I I don't know. Maybe it's just the wish fulfillment of always having been, you know, kind of the you know the smart kid that wasn't very good at athletics. I always like being uh, a warrior of some kind, whether that's a barbarian fighter, you know, something along those uh, lines. Uh, and my favorite alignment is actually lawful neutral, uh, which is because I secretly uh, want to be Batman. Um, so... Secretly? <laughs> secretly? Really? <laughs> Just really run like, right. <laughs> Well, my wife kind of builds it up to this thing, so if you're on my Facebook page, you see all the Batman stuff, but, um, but yeah, no, the, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, the first uh, time I ever played a game that was kind of like a medieval game, it wasn't actually D&D, but my whole character concept was medieval Batman. 
Um, and uh, so, you know, that just to me is, is really fun. So, you know, always someone who pretty much sticks to, you know, what they, you know, think that everyone else should be doing and, you know, tells them they should be doing it. So <laughs> that, that, that to me is a lot more fun, but I, I get it. Most people I know love the roguish, you know, kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it is what it is. It's fun over here. Uh, that's right. <laughs> just let all your laws and order just go on, you know. What have laws and order ever done for you? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sam. So uh, next up is your third question. Uh, I'm debating. Hmm. I had several. Now I must choose. Uh, <laughs> It's a real Sophie's choice. I mean, right? I know. Oh my god! <laughs> Actually, now that you say that, um, animated, what is your favorite? No, not what is favorite, but what is the animated movie that traumatized you the most? Traumatized me the most. Like really um, with you in a way where it's just like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> you know, I, I if I were to take some time and think about, it, I'm sure I'd come up with something that traumatized me more. But animated movie that traumatized me first that I remember is uh yeah the first the the animated the Transformers movie the eighty something oh yes. yeah where, you know Optimus Prime died how traumatizing is that <laughs> you know? so yeah I was in the theater and I think they said hell twice in that movie and I was like traumatized first off Autobots aren't supposed to swear. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Optimus Prime died you know so yeah. You know, oh, I'm sure there's something else. I know there's something else, but that's what I'm going with for right now. Well, they just carve through characters in that movie like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. I mean, even though Optimus <laughs> is the big one, it's like they're just killing guys like off on the corner of the screen that you've been watching for two seasons. So it's like, ratchet, yeah, ratchet like disguise doesn't guarantee you any safety. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it terrible that what I? I always liked the Decepticons better, so <laughs> I, I loved the movie for that reason. And you're upset about killing people in games. I never said I was consistent. <laughs> Fair point. Sound waves, my boy. Yeah. Uh, so, Rachel, what is your answer? Oh, man. Um, traumatize me. I, there was a, I watched a lot of traumatizing things because of my aforementioned, aforementioned morbid curiosity with things of that nature. Mm. Um, but if I... Hmm, if I had to go with the worst or the first one, um, kind of obscure, so I don't know if anyone here is even going to know about it, but they're like, so back in the days of like, you know, going to your neighborhood video store and renting things, this was even like pre blockbuster. <laughs> this just sounds like it's some ancient oh, time. Oh, I know the one I should have gone with. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, be quiet, Ryan, because you might steal mine, so stop. <laughs> <laughs> so we you know i would go to the video store with my mom to look for you know cartoons to to rent because i was all about animation i didn't care if it was animated i wanted to watch it um and my mom was just like must have been like well it's animated so of course it's okay for kids oh lord <laughs> oh no <laughs> so um there um there are a couple of these i could go with it's kind of hard uh <laughs> to pick um but um yeah God damn it, this is really hard. <laughs> okay, okay, we're going to go with this one, even though no one's probably going to uh, know about it. But there was this um, Japanese animated uh, movie that was brought over in the 80s and dubbed um, and released to home video called uh, Ringing Bell. 
And it was about this little lamb whose mother gets killed by a wolf. And um, the lamb, he's really just so angry because, like, all, you know, all the sheep there, all they could do was just, like, sit there while his mom was killed. Like, okay, well, we're sheep and that's all we can do is just wait to die. So I'm going to... So he's upset with the status quo, so he runs off after the wolf in search of revenge. (laughs) But it... But... Over the course of like catching up to the wolf, he realizes that he's just a weakling and kind of worthless. So then he asks the wolf <laughs> to become his teacher. So the teacher, a wolf that killed his. Okay, sure. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. no, like no, knowing Japanese culture like I do, this fits. Yeah. Um, so, so the wolf takes him in and, and trains him, and he becomes this like creepy badass. Grows up to become this creepy badass ram, and like. <laughs> Like he, like the design is like really creepy and not accurate at all, but it looks really cool. <laughs> and so, like, it, by the end of the movie, they end up going back to his birthplace, and he sees the sheep that he left behind, and they don't remember him anymore. And so the wolf is about to kill them because he's like, "Come on, we're like a duo now, and we're going to do all this stuff." But the ram ends up killing the wolf too. But the wolf by this point has become like a father figure to him and so then he's like he's devastated about that and then the people who used to be his family don't recognize him and are terrified of him so he is literally left with like nowhere at all he is left to wander alone um the moral of the story being that you should conform and not go off on your own we can definitely see the uh, the japanese influence there <laughs> but it's just this complete utterly bleak movie that despite all that I loved, like I was traumatized <laughs> by it, but I loved it. And still like rewatching it now, it's actually still a really good movie. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. If uh, R- ringing bell, if anyone ever wants to check it out, I think it's on YouTube. Um, it, it's, it's an experience. <laughs> Don't take my word for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take my therapist. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to have to go with The Secret of Nim. Oh, yeah. That uh, that was a movie that I um, uh, I was really surprised by just, you know, how kind of, like, dark... You know, when I was a kid, I, don't, I guess I didn't really see the distinction between cartoon and, and TV as much, you know, and so I had seen movies and things, and so, you know, with real people that, you know, had some, some heavy stuff, so it wasn't as bad, but... You know, thinking about it, it's like all the experimentation on the animals and, you know, just the, you know, the idea of, of, you know, what had been done to them and just how creepy they make that scene where they're showing the needle going into the rat and everything like that. It's just like, that just, you know, it was a little on the disturbing side, so. Even Nicodemus, like when you see that old rat, you're like, Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Right. Well, then he gets crushed by the cement block. Like, yeah. it's, it's pretty grim. Yes. Pretty much all of Don Bluth's early movies are kind of, you know, a little grim dark before that was a thing. Right. It's where Snyder gained his, uh, his inspiration. <laughs> he watched a lot of uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Right. My murderverse will be based on this. Mm, yes. <laughs> Right. With a dog voiced by Dom DeLuise. Yeah, I, I really need to go back and rewatch Secret of Nim one of these days because it's something that I haven't seen since I was in my single digits. But I just kind of that—that's a movie that sticks with me, like the, some of the imagery. So I've uh, actually seen it again recently, and it's still—I mean, I loved it then, but I, it's still a really good movie and still disturbing. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it holds up. Yeah. Cool. 
Um, and as for me, uh, actually, I, I was going to say uh, seek, uh, Rats of Nim as well, Nathan, but mm-hmm. um, that was a that was an alternate because the the real movie that traumatized me as a kid was Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and it wasn't even just, it wasn't just because of the pink elephants. I mean, that's a thing in other right. It was it was when they separate Dumbo from his mother, oh. <laughs> and that whole baby mind sequence. Like, I'm not even kidding. When my my family and I we went to Disneyland a few years back, and in um was it California Adventure? There is a place where you can kind of go in and they show you like. Uh, kind of the behind the scenes stuff of the movies and like this big rotation kind of thing and it gets to Dumbo and they start playing Baby Mine while they're showing like sketches and shit <laughs> and I just started tearing up I was just like what and, and it's only the original version like I've heard like um, cover versions of it doesn't do anything but if I hear that <laughs> that particular version of the song is just like waterworks and it's because my from what my mom tells me because i don't remember it entirely i remember the trauma <laughs> she was like yeah you were just going like you're not gonna leave me are you mom wow right she didn't expect me to react that way but you know you're three years old and you're watching a movie where a baby gets separated from its mother and your parents are divorcing, so hey, go figure. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but that got yeah. dark real quick. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, well, you think about it, Disney had kind of a dark period there for a little oh. while. Bambi, for Pete's sake, yeah. Right. I mean, and It was supposed to go, like, way darker. Like, you were supposed to see his mom get shot. <laughs> and then skinned and, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even, like, up to, the, like, the Lion King, you're just kind of like, oh, he's... Yeah. <laughs> Sitting right under his dead father. <laughs> yeah, it was still warm. <laughs> it had, I think you know, you're missing the point. Humor in it, so of course, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, Disney, I think, has been responsible for a lot of people's traumatized childhoods. Yeah, yeah, and there are high expectations or low expectations, depending on your point of view. Mm, very much so. <laughs> but uh, I'm just, I'm changing my answer to Watership Down. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the rabbits are so awful looking. Am I up? Yep, you're up. Okay, this is an easy question. But I think it, it's to, it'll tell me a lot about you. So just take half a second and think about it. Which Monopoly piece do you choose? <laughs> None, because I freaking hate Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we're playing. You got to pick one. <laughs> I'm fairly certain, like, when I used to play it as a kid, I would always go for the dog because I thought everything else was stupid. Um, <laughs> so we'll go with dog. Dog, okay. No, there's also the piece that's like uh, like a horse rearing up, right? I don't remember that one. Was that one? Yeah, at least in my set we had that. <laughs> it had all the other ones you talked about, but it was, uh, you know, like like the rider on the horse with it, you know, kind of like rearing up and, you know, base, oh, bailing with it. You know- According to the website, which I may or may not be looking at, it does say that there's a retired uh, piece, a horse and rider. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I oh, used to I use. Oh, I do remember that, Nathan. Yeah. 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 Maybe. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you've said it and you've planted it in my head, so now I think I remember it, but right. I don't know if I actually did. And it might be corroborated by the website you're not looking at. Yeah. Uh, right. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam? Uh, thought you were... You're after... Rachel, right? Yeah, and I just said which piece I use. Oh, you... Uh, the horse oh. and rider. Sorry, okay. <laughs> uh, never mind. Um, I... Ooh. 
trying to remember because we didn't play it a lot, but because <laughs> it would end up in myself and my sister screaming at each other. That's that's a game. Didn't Risk was a game where my it never ended because my brother would always swipe the board clean with an anger. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I think I I think I wavered between the top hat and the thimble. Hmm. So. Okay. All right, well, the top hat's the correct answer. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm half right, I guess. Yeah, you know. I also would have accepted the battleship. That's pretty cool, too, you know. Yeah, see, I think mine didn't have a battleship but had the horse and rider. Because I don't Why remember the battleship. have a battleship in a game of Monopoly? Yeah, I don't remember the battleship. Well, but... hello, boardwalk. I mean, you can just go right there. <laughs> Battleships don't go up the boardwalks. <laughs> they destroy the boardwalks. <laughs> I think he just took a battleship piece out of Battleship and just put it on his Monopoly board. What you have to do with that is stack them on top of each other and then <laughs> stick them in a the corner. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, All right. I now I feel like I know... What I need to know about all of y'all. Okay. <laughs> you need to know that Monopoly is the worst game ever. <laughs> yeah, obviously none of us except does. none of us except Ryan really enjoyed playing Monopoly all that. Well, much. you know, I saw I saw Monopoly as a precursor to Risk. Yeah, well, Risk Risk is the game I like playing. Yeah. <laughs> Depends who you. Although it really just boils down to who you're playing with. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Cause like I said, my brother couldn't finish a game with him. <laughs> I had a friend in college who was an econ major, and so when we played Monopoly, he was, like, the shrewdest player ever. Like, mm. would not bend on a deal. So, <laughs> so not fun. <laughs> All right, Rachel, what's your next question? Alrighty. Um, so, like, uh, which one of these? Okay. Um, so what is a popular slash highly regarded fandom that you're ashamed to say that you have never seen slash read or consumed in whatever fashion. Can I say something that isn't quite a fandom per se, but is a movie that I feel ashamed that I haven't seen that everyone else seems to have seen? I'm sure that counts. I couldn't come up with a better term, but that counts. Sure. Um, I have never seen Blade Runner. Really? I haven't either. Okay, now I don't feel so bad. <laughs> it's like on my list of things that I should see because right. everyone talks about it. Right, but exactly. I still haven't done it. I'm so embarrassed that I haven't seen Blade Runner, and it's like huh. it's one of these things that I feel like I should because everyone, you know, is yeah. always saying how great a movie it is, and I just have never, for whatever reason, watched it. You know, I think Blade Runner also qualifies the question of what holds up and stands the test of time mm. it does from the special effects through to the philosophy and story it's required watching i mean i'm not going to judge you for not seeing it <laughs> but you just make a point of when you get a chance no, as long as it's the right version you don't want the version with the the narration okay um, yeah I, I i think that's the theatrical i think yeah, everyone always says the director's cut is the one to see mm -hmm. yeah I think so. Well, aren't there, like, multiple versions of the director? <laughs> yeah, it's like Dune. There's, like, 50 different versions of Dune like, which out one's there. the right one? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is Decker a replicant, or isn't he a replicant? <laughs> Don't talk to me, Tony Scott. Or Ridley, whichever. <laughs> yeah. They're both replicants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my guilty not viewing thing. I don't know what the term is for that. But anyway. Alright, Sam, let's focus on you now. Okay. Um, uh, Breaking Bad. I never 
Ah, I never got into it. it either. Right. Yeah. No, actually, I haven't seen that one either. <laughs> <laughs> and Mad Men. I just didn't. It just didn't appeal to me. It wasn't something that I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to watch this for hours and hours. And by the time if I had any interest, it was already towards the end of the show. So I was like, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, it's one of those things that I feel like people didn't really talk up until it was almost over. And then I started hearing everywhere about how good it was. Because the in the initial concept, if you just read that as a few sentences, I, I mean, that didn't really like appeal to me at all. So it wasn't no, anything and, I was... But ever... I had a lot of friends who were into both of the shows. And I had family members, too, who were like, oh, you would love Mad Men because, you know, history and, and you and whatnot. Um, and I was just like, meh, it's just, no, <laughs> like not happening. So, yeah. I've, I've seen both, thanks to the wonders of Netflix, and because uh, my wife and I have a, a weird arrangement where if there's a program we both want to watch, the other person can't watch it alone. Hmm. So there'll be that times... That like the worst arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, I don't know when or if she'll listen to this, but where Daredevil <laughs> is concerned, that I might have strayed. But, um, yeah... <laughs> Both Breaking Bad and Mad Men, um, she you know, she was didn't really care about. So I watched them, and they're they're very very good. I, I enjoyed them both. I never got the sex appeal about John Hamm until I watched Mad Men, and now I totally see it. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what is the fandom that you're ashamed to admit that you that you've seen nothing of or read nothing of? Um, this is a big one, and. I've had friends just not not disown me, but I've had friends just throw their hands up in disgust because even though I tried watching the first couple of episodes, aside from maybe four hours tops, I have seen nothing of Buffy or Angel. Jacques! <laughs> 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 <Just accused. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, I tried. I really did. But um, maybe if I'd watched it in the 90s when it came out, it would have been better. But now when I go back and I try to watch the first season of Buffy, and it just – it's painful. It oh, really the first season actually isn't I, – I, I think if you started in the second, it might be Yeah, better. season two is, is much better. Yeah, because for the same reason, Ryan, I just skipped Buffy and went straight into Angel. And I love Angel, but I could never get into Buffy. There you go. Movies is uh, Buckaroo Banza. I've never seen that. Oh, I haven't either. I neither have I. They're gonna make a show out of it, aren't they? Like Kevin Smith is gonna do that. Like, I saw the headline, but yeah. having never seen the movie, I didn't bother clicking on the link. Yeah, so I, like, I, I've, I, I've seen the movie because my dad insisted that I watch it when I was a kid, <laughs> but um, it's actually like really horrible. I, I'm just gonna put that out there. You're actually better off for not having seen it. And I know there's a lot of people. There's a lot of really great actors in it, and I think that the people who love it love it because of that. But it's a lot of really great actors in a movie that is just horrible. So it's just one of those. <laughs> You know, like Howard the Duck. No, hey, no, that is an excellent movie. There is nothing actor, with yeah. excellent acting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting words. Yeah. <laughs> I will fight everybody. Now, again, I, I, I haven't seen Buckaroo Banzai since I was a teenager, but I don't recall there being any redeeming feature to it. <laughs> That's how bad it was. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> so I don't think you've missed much, Ryan. Uh, uh, so, Rachel, what is your answer to your own question? 
So uh, I'm going to go similar to Ryan if we're going with uh, Joss Whedon territory. So loved Buffy, watched some seasons of Angel, never got into Firefly. <laughs> well, and, there's uh, only like I'm, 16. I'm going to get super judged for this. But like, and I've, I've since like watched a few episodes and I'm like, it's okay, but I feel like. Like, like, same thing. I feel like if I had watched it back when it was a thing, I would have gotten into it. But now I just kind of can't really muster up the interest <laughs> to, uh, to actually make myself watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you on that one. Even though I have seen all the episodes just to, like, understand the, you know, the references and everything. Um, <laughs> I, I, I found it very painful to watch. Um, I was like, this is nowhere near as good as a lot of Whedon's other stuff. And I don't get the love that it has uh, from a lot of quarters. It's canceled before it's time. Well, yeah. and that's the thing, and that's and that's what I've always said. It's a show that had potential, and Except- I know a lot of shows, you know, a lot, and Whedon especially likes to lay seeds, and it's, you know, the first season's never as good mm-hmm. as his later seasons, because he's good about world building and building stuff up, and that's what I think is the real tragedy, is that he never got to do, like, a second or third season, because, you know, Serenity showed us a lot of the stuff that he would have done in later seasons with more time, and I think that yeah. that was a good direction, and we'll never get to see it, you know, the way he would have wanted to do it, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, the pain of Firefly is not what we lost, but what we never got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that totally. I mean, it was good. I I, I didn't watch it when it came out. Um, we were at a convention, at, and we were trolling the hallways in the middle of the night, and these people were watching something in one of the rooms, and we went in, sat down, and it was Firefly, and uh, uh, we loved it. Went home and rented it, and then we went to the advanced. We got tickets to the advanced screening of Serenity, which just happened to come out, you know, a couple months later, and uh, it was great. But I, I can kind of get it's been talked up so much. I can I can understand where, you know, unless you stumbled upon it, it could never live up to your expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw it after it had been out for a while myself. and But, but for me, I think that the real kicker is that I hate westerns with a passion. <laughs> and with it being a space western, basically, it's like, uh, you know, it's just all the things that I hate about westerns <laughs> is yeah. in that show, even though it's in space. And so it's just kind of like, although I love Shepard Book. Book is my favorite character. The fact that they killed him off in the movie just pisses me off to no end. Yeah, especially the movie did how, him wrong. especially how they just kind of killed him off off screen and had him in it for like two minutes, you yes. know. But I, I love that character. I think that he was like a genius, you know, idea of of just this very spiritual man with a past, and you know, I just everything about him was great. But yeah, the rest of it, I wasn't so much. Yeah, but and. I, I will say, this will probably get me yelled at as well, but I don't... I like Joss Whedon well enough, but I don't think he's the genius that everyone else thinks he Thank is. you, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I really like hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like what he does, but he is not God's gift to, you know, to fiction and, and whatnot. And yes, he writes... He does write good female characters, but he is not Mr. Feminist. Like, he has problems with what he yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Um and everyone just holds him up on this insane pedestal. And I'm like, yes, he does good work, but he is not this, like, living divinity that you all seem to think he is. <laughs> I think a lot of people, though, I, I think the reason for that is a lot for a lot of people, Buffy was the first time they saw the evolving character development storyline kind of show. 
mm-hmm. and so I think a lot of people kind of got into you know there were some precursors to that in the 90s but it, Buffy was one of the early ones and I think that that's one of the reasons why it hit so big and a lot of people associated that with Whedon because before that you know TV was pretty much standalone through most of the 80s and 90s. You know, the serialized storytelling of the 60s yeah. had sort of gone away. And it was pretty much you had an episode, and then the next episode had nothing to do with the previous episode, and so on and so forth. And when that serialized storytelling came back in the 90s, even when it wasn't completely serialized, but just like character and story arcs, you know, I think a lot of people, it really resonated. And they were like, wow, you can do so much more with this. And Whedon was one of the early, you know, proponents of that. And, uh, and I think that's why people who got in with that just rode the Whedon wave and was just like, this is Whedon, when in fact it was just he was part of a movement that was going on at the time. But I, I agree. I don't think Whedon's the greatest um, you know, creator, but uh, he does good. You know, can, and, yeah. can I make a suggestion? Um, maybe this is a topic right here, Joss Whedon and you know the, the rise of serial versus episodic television, and you might like maybe cut some of this out, like back right. to... <laughs> Firefly, and we save this for like this, but this, yeah, we. Yeah. I there's a whole pod, a whole topic right here. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think that it's a good topic because um, because feminism. <laughs> because ironically, with serialized storytelling, I think it came back with the cartoons first, with things like X Men, Exo Squad, and Gargoyles. Oh yeah, uh, kind of launching it, and then live action actually took it back from cartoons, which is kind of funny. But I, 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 I think you see a. Um, kind of a correlation between when when the network started expanding, when you started getting UPN and uh, the WB and so forth, I think that's when serialized TV started as well. Live action yeah. started coming back as well. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, we should probably not like jump into this <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. now. Alright, um, uh, so it's back to me. Um, what's your favorite superhero movie and why, Sam? favorite superhero movie like of all time of all time it could be batman 66 if you want it to be (laughs) (laughs) the shark repellent scene is probably one of my favorite things to describe to people (laughs) the pathos of that scene like when when i went to the smithsonian in the in the um air and space museum they actually have shark repellent there my friends I was disappointed it wasn't in a huge canister with a bat on it. But <laughs> but favorite superhero movie of all time. Oh, I'm gonna go. Whoa, I'm gonna go with The Dark Knight. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. And why? Oh, and why? I just feel like in terms of what Nolan was doing, you know, because uh, I don't subscribe to this whole like Nolan is the you know godfather of this dark universe. Like this was his version. <laughs> Like, he wasn't intending to do something. But in terms of his vision of Batman and his world, I feel like it was the best realized in terms of, like, trying to go for that, you know, quote-unquote grounded and gritty, you know, uh, aesthetic. And I thought Heath Ledger as the Joker was amazing and surprising and hilarious and awful at the same time. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, and I liked kind of the origin of of two-face and i think aaron eckhart did a really good job and i like the way it ended so yeah i'm gonna go with that all right cool uh ryan man um well obviously my 
the easy go-to answer would be Howard the Duck, but uh, <laughs> that's not a superhero. That's a comic book property, but it's not a superhero. <laughs> uh, that you're quibbling. I, I think he's pretty damn super myself. <laughs> <laughs> super Howard the Duck. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you got to give honorable mention to Burton's Batman, um, and and I even think Snyder did great with Watchmen. Um, I, I'm probably in the minority there. Um, you good. just named two of two properties, Ryan. You got to pick one. <laughs> okay, well, the one I the one I settled on, I by your definition, I don't think this qualifies as a superhero. But I was going to go with uh, Flash Gordon. Uh, I'll I'll give you Flash Gordon. Okay, because he is a superhero. <laughs> it's an interesting choice. <laughs> how, how high are your standards? <laughs> It has Timothy yeah. Dalton, who does in fact make everything better, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm going to go with yeah, definitely uh, Flash Gordon, uh, and and if you if you made me budge from that one, I'd go probably with Reeves uh, Superman. Okay, but but why Flash Gordon? Because it's fun. It's uh, it's a superhero movie adaption that doesn't take itself too seriously. It's definitely grounded in in you know the early '80s. And it plays up the camp, but you can also watch it as a serious Star Wars esque, you know, good versus evil movie, and it fits the fits the T perfectly. Um, wait, 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 wait! Are you trying to say that you can watch Flash Gordon seriously? Because yes. no, yes, you, can. <laughs> yeah. you can. I mean, G- as girl, as girls, back me up here. You've seen Flash Gordon, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you, I have not. Okay. <laughs> if you buy into the premise. It, yes, you can. Yeah, as long as you again, you have to ignore bad science and and everything else. But it's got it all. It's got you know um, uh, men with wings. It's got Robin Hood. It's got. It's got okay. All right. All right. All right. It's Brian Blessed going. Gordon's alive. Overacting to the biggest yes. degree that he can, and you say that you can view this as a serious movie. Just as much as you can, Star Wars. The only person in that movie that's taking it seriously is Timothy Dalton, who I think thinks he's in another movie or something. Because... <laughs> the best version. <laughs> right. He's... Oh, yeah, because Alec Guinness took uh, Star Wars seriously. <laughs> he's treating it seriously, even if he didn't take it seriously. I mean, he's he acting seriously. He was a ghost seriously. in the last two. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's really barely there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying it. It, I, th- I think it works. I, I do. Um, and, and the space opera type feel of it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Now that that crappy sci-fi series, that's a different story. Yeah. Mm. No. No. Yeah. No. I know what you're talking about the, the the movie that had a great soundtrack. I will give it, you know, the Queen soundtrack. So. Oh yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. Queen makes everything better. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> All right, Rachel. What is your favorite superhero movie and why? Uh, this is really tough. Um. <laughs> Uh, like, I grew up really loving the Burton Batman films, uh, but once I saw Batman the Animated Series, I was just like, whatever, these are <laughs> so much better. Um, so in that vein, I'm going to go with Batman Mask of the Phantasm, because ah. it was super dark, and I loved it, and Mark Hamill is my only Joker ever. So, yeah, like, I, I, it took what I loved about the series, and then they did so much more with it since they could get away with it since it was a theatrical release. So it just mm-hmm. got more violent and more dark, and it was awesome. 
I didn't think about animated. That's a good choice. Right? No, that's yeah. That that that's that kind of surprised me. Of like Bruce Wayne becoming Batman, like that decision, like mm-hmm. best version to date. You mean he didn't fall down a well when he was a little kid, and the bat swarmed around him? And... Not as much, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, he floated amongst the bats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. For me, it is the the Avengers, the original one. Um, the I one with uh, Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> Steel and um... su- su- super. No, Steed and Peel is what you're thinking of. But uh, yeah, no, um, not the one based on the British spy series, but the. Um... The one based on the superheroes, because we're talking about superheroes. Hey! <laughs> to be correct, you mean Marvel's Avengers. Yes, Marvel's <laughs> Avengers. Just like I can never say Angel, it's TV's Angel. But anyway, it's hilarious ever hearing anyone talk about the show Angel, because they always have to say TV's Angel. But um, As opposed to what? <laughs> I, I guess there was a movie called Angel at some point, oh, because, yeah, Whedon yeah. and everybody always refer to it as TV's Angel. But um, anyway, mm. um, so, uh, yeah, no, so Avengers, um, I they not, nothing like it had ever been done before, where a bunch of standalone properties were combined into uh, a single movie that felt as if it could have been the sequel for any of the individual uh, storylines. Um, I'm still, I just rewatched it the other day, um, and I'm still kind of impressed with how well it melded in all the different movies. And it kind of makes me wonder what happened with Whedon uh, with Age of Ultron because of how disconnected it feels with its previous movies. Um, but but at least with Avengers, it feels like this is a natural extension of what had been happening previously for all these characters and for it all to come together. And the, you know, just the coming together, the how well the battles were done, um, where I was worried going into the movie that having Black Widow and Hawkeye was a mistake because what could they do in a group that had such powerful individuals and they really sold the whole tactical nature of it and how you would deploy a team like this and how they could coordinate. Um, and it just really impressed me, uh, from top to bottom. And I still don't think we've gotten a better superhero movie, uh, since then. Uh, even though Marvel's produced quite a few that are good, I don't think they've ever topped that first Avenger. So, uh, that's mine. <laughs> we'll have a whole topic on at some point, Ryan, for you to argue with me about it. <laughs> Cap three was pretty good. <laughs> and we'll, I'll probably have to talk about Civil War at some point too, because I have mm-hmm. some I have some problems with it. But oh, who doesn't? <laughs> I, I probably have more problems with Avengers than you have with Civil War. Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's a battle for another day. Yeah. But it's, don't get me wrong. Right, it, it, it was right time, right place. It was epic. It's yeah. it did it was the first of its type, and it will always be special because of that. Yeah. yeah it was the best kind of reward. You know, basically for sitting through all the other movies, and then you get this. You're yeah. like, this is what it was building to. Yeah. Well, well, I can remember okay, leading up to it, like, I just, like, I, I don't know what, if it was the trailers or what, but I just, like, you know, I was like, well, I'm probably going to go see it because all of my friends are going to go, so I'll go along. But I just couldn't really 
get excited about it. it may, like uh, hype machines kind of turned me off. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was just like, eh, whatever. And then I saw it and flipped out for it. So like, you know, it, it, I kind of feel that way. I typically get like that with a lot of the Marvel movies, I guess, because once the internet hype machine gets going and people are like, oh, the new trailer came out, let's dissect every last bit of it. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, don't care, tired of this now. And the same thing happened with Civil War. I was just like, eh, it, you know, I'm not sure about this. And then I ended up loving it. Like, you know, people have their problems with it. Like, generally speaking with the Marvel movies, like, I can kind of judge them as, like, the experience as a whole. It's like, if I leave feeling like I was entertained and it was a good time, like, I don't care about any of the problems. Yeah. So, I mean, mind you, some are better than others. Age of Ultron was not. um, (laughs) But, you know, like, that's how I feel about Avengers. Like, it might have its problems, but it was just so well executed in general that I'm just like, I don't care. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, yeah, I mean, you compare it to Batman versus Superman, and... (laughs) (laughs) I have not had the misfortune of (laughs) Don't ever. (laughs) Well, and just what DC's doing in general of just, let's just throw all the characters together. The reason why Avengers could be so good is that they didn't have to set up any of these characters. They had already set them up. Even the villain, Loki, had been in Thor. And they also clearly knew who they were. (laughs) Right. And and so they, they didn't need all that. They didn't need any setup time. They could just throw the characters together and say this is what happens and just get on with the story. And I think that helped immensely. Yeah. It's a, and it's a different strategy. I mean, Marvel did a bottom-up. DC is trying a top-down. Right. And, you know, I, I think it's still too soon to write off the entire DC universe. No. But I will admit, it's, it's, <laughs> it's stumbled a bit. You know? <laughs> so, Sam, did you just disagree with Ryan flat out with a no? Or was the no saying it's not too too soon? Or it's, it is too soon? Or it's no, not. I, I, dis- I disagree that I can judge them entirely by what they've put out so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, would, I, <laughs> I would only ask that you wait till Suicide Squad, then you judge. Yeah. Oh, sure, fine. I mean, I'm going to see these movies anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> She was the apologetic DC person, remember? I'm not an apologetic DC person. I can totally tell you that their movies suck right now. (laughs) No, I mean, when I asked Marvel or DC, you were kind of apologetic about it. (laughs) I'm sorry, I like these characters. (laughs) See, I think Batman vs. Renan did the fundamentals of what it had to do. Not a thing more, but it it did. (laughs) I I disagree. It didn't even get the fundamentals right. It was top to bottom a complete mess of a movie. Okay, but but we definitely are going to talk about the Zack Snyder murder verse in an upcoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll save it. Yeah, yeah. So so definitely save that because uh, yeah, we'll have you on for sure, Ryan, (laughs) and you and Sam can talk about. Yeah, I'll be the only you know pro. I'm not even pro. I'm just eh, it wasn't the worst. as good as it's gonna when, get when it's <laughs> defenders are like it wasn't the worst then you know yeah. there's a problem I mean, i'll say like it's not the worst movie i've ever seen but it comes pretty damn close oh yeah it was better than man of steel <laughs> yeah i agree with that. i still try to figure out which one i don't like more yeah. <laughs> but at least with man of steel i could rewrite it in my head right <laughs> but then i make myself angry because then it could have been a better movie <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this was really fun. Uh, thank you all for being on today. Um, it was... <laughs> I didn't know how this first episode would go, but I think I think things went pretty well. Yeah. Kind of, uh, 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 what, what do they call it? Potpourri on Jeopardy? This yeah. Potpourri. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Potpourri. <laughs> <Hot> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Well, and I am Alex Trebek. <laughs> it's not what your mother said last night. <laughs> but swords does begin with the bloody ash. <laughs> yes. I'll take uh, the rapist. Uh, <laughs> That's therapist, Mr. Connery. When, when I first got an internet connection, I may have watched and rewatched those Jeopardy parody SNL skits over oh, and over like and over my again. Favorite. <laughs> yeah. So I kind I of really liked it when Matthew Perry was on. He's playing Michael Keaton. He's like, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's his yeah. Norm Macdonald as Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll take that eight tit thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a petite dejeuner and he's like I'll take that eight tit thing <laughs> the pen is mightier, mightier. the penis mightier <laughs> my, my favorite one is still uh, John Travolta uh, Daryl Hammond playing John Travolta and it's an audio uh, daily double and it's like name this continent Asia <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Saturday Night Live. Another topic. And that's right. <laughs> Except that I haven't watched it in like a decade and a half. I don't know that you need to. <laughs> Which no, were actually, the good years? Yeah. <laughs> there have been some of the cast now I kind of like. But um, yeah, I don't make a point of. I don't. If I'm, if I'm up Saturday night and I'm flipping through, I might watch it. But there was a time back in the, the night, the. Yeah, I guess 90s when I made a point. You know, I'm a high school kid or whatever, and mm. I had nothing else to do on a Saturday night, so I watched Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty much my me too. Like, you know, up until the point when I was out of high school, I, I watched Saturday Night Live religiously. Yeah. If you do a show that's like about SNL and like In Living Color and Matt TV. Oh, yes. In Living Color. And early Matt. I love the early seasons of Mad TV. I think it got kind of. Oh, yeah. Bad the first, as it went, but... The first two seasons of Mad TV are, like, the best. And this is why Sam is the bestie, because I completely agree with you on that. The first two seasons are my favorite. Mm-hmm. When they had the guy from Office Space, and yep. uh, the guy who did That's My White Mama, and... Um... <laughs> Back when Jim Carrey was funny. Oh, that's that's in Living Color. But yes, oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, what, what were you talking about? Oh, Mad TV. Yeah, yeah. Mad TV. Yeah, yeah, oh, God. Living Color, my favorite one is the Star Trek skit. With oh Jim Carrey as Captain Kirk. So, oh, this is so good. Yeah. Fire Marshal Bill, yeah. still every time. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yes. We, we've already got like 20 podcasts spun off from this one episode. <laughs> I, no. I think it's, it's a pilot that's meant to launch everything. Yeah, there you go. I do think it's hilarious that your very first episode is probably going to be the most difficult one to edit out of all of them. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't envy your task. But, but that's okay. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for the legion of fans for this first episode. So, um, while this is probably going to be an unusual episode, because we didn't actually talk about one topic, I hope that uh, everyone who uh, is listening has enjoyed uh, Rachel, Ryan, Sam, and I uh, kind of uh, talking about geeky stuff in general and and giving you kind of an impression about our personalities. And uh, 
Well, we hope that you'll stick around uh, for the rest of the series as we go through uh, the many topics that we've had planned. And, of course, you heard some of them uh, today as we talked about them, uh, things that we might talk about later. Uh, but for now, um, let's all say goodbye and, uh, and, and sign out. So, uh, first off, Sam, uh, why don't you say goodbye to the Internet and uh, let them know where they can find you. Bye, Internet. I love you. Um, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Darling underscore Sammy, uh, S-A-M-M-Y. Uh, you can also go to uh, maniacalgeek.com to listen to my podcast and read my stuff. Uh, and, yeah, and also go on Facebook to Maniacal Geek and That Girl with the Curls because I don't know how to consolidate brand. Um, <laughs> other than that, good night. <laughs> All right, Ryan, uh, why don't you say goodbye to the Internet and let them know uh, where they can find you. Okay. Well, first off, I will never say goodbye to the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are forever. You know? But beyond this podcast, you can find me uh, through all these other fine people here who I will no doubt track down and uh, through other groups and communities at DragonCon or anything DragonCon related, I'm there. But at uh, Geek Stranger. Uh, through Twitter and then from there you can get to my Facebook and just be forewarned I have opinions <laughs> <laughs> oh boy does he have opinions <laughs> more than you can shake a stick at right. <laughs> I have an opinion on that too you know? <laughs> what you used a willow stick uh-huh. <laughs> Rachel why don't you say goodbye to the internet and let them know uh, where they can find you if anywhere if there's anything that you want to plug uh, okay. Um, <laughs> bye. Good night, Internet. Thanks for having me. Um, so, in terms of finding me, um, I have a Tumblr where I po- post art that I should probably post more often. Um, but it's uh, Blue Sheep, B L U Sheep. Um, and same thing for my Twitter handle. Again, I've been kind of on an Internet hiatus for a while, so maybe this uh, podcast will be. Uh, um, motivation to start being a little bit more active on social media so that's a wrap on the first ever episode of the 42 cast i would like to thank rachel ryan and sam for contributing to the episode making it fun and interesting and i'd also like to thank you the listeners i don't know why you're here listening to this show but i am so glad that you are please stick with us and it should be a fun ride you can find me at my blog at blogger underscore who dot live journal.com. You can find me on Twitter at underscore blogger underscore who you can find me on various podcasts of the earth station one network. And you can also find me contributing reviews to their webpage on esopodcast.com. So stick around and next week you can join us as Chloe Bennett will not be here as we discuss agents of shield. And until then signing off. You've been listening to the 42 cast, copyright 2017. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. 
classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com.